right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. This is David Coker, one of your hosts, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., um, media specialist, marketing specialist, um, being an all-around good guy. I'm here with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young, who, uh, yeah, he's here, folks. Yeah. Anyway, what's going on, sir? Hey, Dave, everything's good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist and All-Around Good Guy. How's everything going, Dave? Everything's going, man. Um, it's cool. Um, uh, it's Tuesday, our favorite day, and made it to another weekend and Everything is really, really great. You know, um, life is good, man. Life is good. Uh, I know you guys are bracing yourself for a storm down that way, huh? Yeah, I mean, a, a little bit, but it's rain. It's rain so much down here. It's 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 it's, it's a it's another week. That's it. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I guess let's try to get all the rain out before. I mean, gosh, let's think. In two weeks, man, it'll be Labor Day, and and. And pe- kids will be going back to school, and I mean, it's 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 unbelievable how fast time is going. Oh yeah, you ain't never lie. My daughter, she has her volleyball um, tryouts this week, so we'll see if she makes the JV team because she can't be on freshman. You know, she can't be on the freshman team again. And then I think I, I don't know if I told you my son's going out for football, so he's looking to make. Um, so I don't. <laughs> Yep, so they don't have a middle school team, so he's trying to see if he can make JV. So I'm, I'm oh, wow. up, yep, I'm, I'm wishing them both luck. Yeah, uh, Quincy, I wonder I had to get, uh, I had to get Quincy uh, credit for it. That that boy be trying everything, don't he? Yes, yes. And, and <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because it, it makes me wish I had tried more stuff in high school. You know, like I mm-hmm. mean, of course. So I mean, I did cross country and swimming. But I would have loved to try soccer, football. Um, okay, that's probably about it. Soccer and football. Oh, um, well, maybe wrestling. But these days, right now, if you think about it, though, because this would have been the perfect time if you were in school or we were in school to try all of that stuff. Because, you know, you could, hey, you think about the career you had then versus the career you probably could have. With the knowledge that you have now, and then, you know, just what you would need to do in order to be great, you know, just think about that, you know. Um, what Does Quincy know the position he's going out for? He says he wants to do linebacker. And I just said, ugh. But, I mean, you know. Oh, really? Well, you know, he's tall for his age. Cause, you know, he's almost as tall as I am. Yeah, so... no, that's what I'm saying. It seemed like he would want to be a tight, tight end or well, maybe – Maybe maybe he's not confident with his hands. Right, right. So I mean, he said linebacker, and I, I just said, oh, I said why. He gave me his answer, and I just said, okay, good luck. You want to hit? You want to hit people, huh? 
I don't even know if you really want, I, you know, I think you think you want to hit people till you get hit. And then it's, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you have yeah, that's a whole nother story when you get hit, man. Yeah. Right. That's a whole nother story. So, well, I hope he, I hope he does all right. Well, I hope the both of them and then your daughter, you know, she played last year, so she's got a little bit of an edge and yeah, knowing what to expect. So, so that's good. That's good that she, uh, she and she still playing on. Um, she was a cheerleader too, right? Um, possibly. I mean, she she hasn't confirmed, but she probably will. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you got you got to live your life through their lives. <laughs> you know, so you know, there you go. So uh, and, and well, Dave, hey, maybe, maybe. Huh? I was gonna say I don't know if I told you, but I, I I'll tell you before you find out online. This Sunday, I'm competing in my first triathlon. Oh yeah, you did mention that. Okay. But, uh, is this okay. Sunday though? Yep, this Sunday, Bath, PA. Okay. One bike run. So we'll. We'll see how it goes. And and this is in PA, you said? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Y'all hear that, Leonard? I mean, people, <laughs> you know, so if Leonard doesn't make it on, if he's not on next week, you know what happened to him, okay? Yeah. All right. Pray, so pray just, for me. Okay. Yeah, I know. You better you stay hydrated. That's all I got to say. Stay oh, yeah, hydrated, you know. So... Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to you, sir. Good luck to all of the young. <laughs> so right. we'll Appreciate see what it. happens. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, I guess we got some things to talk about this week. Uh, it seems like from one show to another, don't it seem like a lot of craziness happens during the, the week off? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like every day there's something new going on, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, I, you know, I think this world is just getting crazier and crazier because every, every, and well, you know, and then I think social media shares the craziness. So craziness we wouldn't normally know about is like yeah, front yeah, and yeah. yeah, I know because, you know, before, I mean, back in the day, man, you know, you'd be saying you got all your news from, from the National Enquirer and and, right. and and those kind of things, those those uh, scandal sheets and whatever, and then you know if you had gossip columnists who would talk about it, you know stuff, you know, but now man, it's so in your face and you know, and of course Twitter and well, I'm sorry, X. I right. still don't understand why they call it X. I don't I, get. I have no idea. I woke up one morning and it said X. I thought I was on the wrong app. Why does Twitter change their name to X? Yeah, I have no idea. I know, because I was looking for it one day, and I kept going past this X. I said, wait, what is this X? And when I clicked on it, I said, oh, that's Twitter. All right, All right Dave. Dave, you better, I don't be, care. Care. You, you better be careful. Um, but you better be careful where you click in. It might have been your son put yeah. some of those uh, <laughs> Chinese spy apps on your phone. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. They're pretty slick with those things, too. Yeah, so... Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff that's happening. One of the things that we hadn't planned on uh, talking about, let's just say something about it right quick, because I still don't believe, I won't believe that he's going to get in any trouble until I see him behind bars, Donald Trump. And being 
you know, being indicted, you know, um, by the judge down there in Georgia. What do you think? Do you think he's going to jail? I'm praying so. But do you think he's going to jail? I don't know. You know, Don, Don I, I consider Donald Trump a weird. You know, he's not running for president. Yeah. I consider Donald Trump a weasel, and I feel like he may find his way out. Of it. Okay. What about you? You know, I think he's going to figure out a way out of it. And, and you know, they got, you know, his people are raising all this money for him. They, they raised all kind of crazy money for him, man. You know, his legal funds and everything. I mean... I don't know. I, you know, he's still talking about running for president. I mean, he don't seem to be all that phased about it. Yep. And and his, his followers are not phased either. No, that's what I'm saying. They did with everything, you know. So, I don't know. Like I said, you know, even though, you know, they got the indictment, you know, the, what was the 10 counts of it? I, I just don't see, like I said, until I see that they didn't roll the bars back and close them, I don't I don't believe it. Right. So, so. all right, well, let's get started. So since, since, uh, since we brought up Mr. Donald Trump, we might as well just stay on that course. <laughs> so, um, so. Let's get into our stories. Uh, first story that we have today is titled "Them," meaning for them for the Democrats. Revive calls for Clarence Thomas resignation after new report. Um, I don't know if you've been following along. Did you hear? You know all this stuff was going on with Clarence Thomas and them trying to get him. Yeah. Okay. So this. Just listen to this, um, for those that don't know. Democratic lawmakers revived their calls for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to resign from his position Thursday after a new Pope um, public uh, um, report revealed he had taken more unreported luxury vacations funded by billionaires than was previously known. Justice Thomas had brought shame upon himself in the United States Supreme Court with his acceptance of massive, repeated, and undisclosed gifts. No government official elected um, or unelected could ethically or legally accept gifts on that scale. He should resign immediately. It was also said that while some of the Hospitality, such as stays in personal homes, may not require disclosure. disclosure. Thomas appears to have violated the law by failing to disclose flights, yacht cruises, and expense sports tickets, according to ethics um, experts, the reports say. Um, It says, unprecedented, stunning, disgusting, the height of hypocrisy, to wear the robe of a Supreme Court uh, Justice of the United States and take undisclosed gifts from billionaires who benefit from your decisions. 
and it's just one word that they feel describes everything, resign. So when you look at this, you know, of course, Clarence, you know, he's, I've always felt that he always just laughed at us and laughed in our faces because he's been able to get away with all the stuff that he's gotten away with over the years. And then you hear reports like this where he's doing, you know, he's going on these expensive trips and, you know, doing all kinds of things with gifts and all these things. And, you know, and I wonder, I, you know, <laughs> You know, in my head, you know, in my thoughts, I'm saying, I said, I'm saying to myself, yeah, Katanji probably checking all this out. And Katanji said, okay, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. Let's get him out of here. Let's get him out of here. Katanji get ready to change, get ready to change the whole, the whole uh, spectrum of the, of the Supreme Court. Cause they, we all know they need younger people on there. You know, we all know they need to be more diversified. And get that old way of thinking off of that court. And of course, he's a good old boy anyway. What's your thoughts about all this? Yeah, so I mean, I almost feel like, you know, I feel like he just don't care. Like, like he he doesn't truly care about black people, which is weird. But you know, I think overall he just doesn't care. And um, you know, I mean, we I feel like we collectively have felt like this for a long time. And and we just know he's not our ally, he's not on our side, he's not on the side of, you know, and I mean, not to say you're going to be siding with black people all the time, but he don't never side with, <laughs> he don't never side with black nope. people. Nope. So, nope. you know, um, it makes me think of two people. Uh, what's the guy from Boondocks? Is that Uncle Ruckus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he makes me think of that, and he makes me think of the Samuel L. Jackson character in uh, the Django. Django. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he obviously, it's it's very obvious. Um, he's not for us. He doesn't care about us. And all he cares is about himself. Um, and, you know, um, we know about his preference and things. I'm sure he's living, I'm sure he's living pretty large and and so forth. He's made a lot of money. He's very wealthy, you know. Um, it's time for him to go. It yeah. really is. He can go hang out with Trump, his buddy, you know, right. and everything, you know. No, uh, no, uh, they, they, he can go hang out with his buddies, uh, Ben Carson, Herschel Walker, <laughs> Tim Scott, you know those. Tim Scott, <laughs> yeah, those guys, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, Somebody else will be missing. Who else we missing? Who will be missing? Uh, um, what, somebody uh, else. Candace Owens. Yeah, there you go. Candace Owens, yeah. I know it was a female. I couldn't think of who it was. Yeah. 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 They can't go hang out with all of them. They can go up to the Hamptons and do their thing, you know? So right. that'd be all right. So, and, and Dave, but, I was the, other part, the other part that's crazy about it is. That's just what we found out about. I'm sure there's probably millions more that he doesn't receive that, you know, we may never know about. I'm sure. I'm sure. I wonder, do you, I wonder how much is he worth? Uh, 
You, can you look that up real quick? I'm just curious. Yeah, let me look. How about say you, I'm you gonna, are, I'm gonna say, huh? You are maybe mad when we find out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here looking at this article that says the publication has reported that Thomas accepted regular luxury vacation trips on private jets and yachts, as well as thousands in tuition dollars for his relative for his relative from Texas billionaire Harlan Crow. Uh twenty four million dollars. Twenty four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a hell of a salary. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That that's not his net salary. That's his net worth. I know, I know, I know. But right. <laughs> you, you, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, who knows? That might be a salary letter. <laughs> you never know. With all, you know, all the all the greasing and all the stuff that he does. I'm sure. You know. So, and that's all that's being reported. Obviously, he's hiding stuff. So we never right. know. That could be more. So. Right. Um, so, but, you know, it's time for Mr. Thomas to go. We've been, you know, for him to hang on all these years. I know Anita Hill is still sitting there steaming, you know, and everything about everything with him, you know. And so it's time for him to go. Um, you know, Uncle Tom must go. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, so. Um, but, well, I guess we'll be, uh, paying attention to this because um, they're really pressuring him to resign so hopefully they're able to get through to him um, and you know I'm sure I'm sure he ain't worried about the money he's he gonna he's gonna leave there with money so it'll be fine okay all right what we got next yep so I'm um, Dave of course uh, about two days ago we heard news of Clarence Avant a.k.a. the Black Godfather, um, passed away at age 92. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like he, as of recently, he did not get a lot of press. And I, I just say press in terms of when I saw the Netflix documentary, The Black Godfather, that was my first time hearing about him. And, you know, like, I literally watched that documentary, like, in awe of everything he did and that, you know, I personally just didn't know and never heard about but real quick, I just want to read um, a brief bio for people who may not be familiar with them. So Clarence Avant, he was born um, in 1931 in North Carolina. He, at the age of 16, he moved to New Jersey to live with his aunt and his cousin. And he began working as a manager at a lounge that was owned by a blues artist that he had met. Um, the artist was so impressed by Avant that he asked him to be his road manager, and then more clients followed at that point. In 1967, Avant helped sign William Stevenson with the MGM Engineering first joint venture. I mean, uh, it was the first joint venture between an African-American artist and a major record company. So, of course, you know, that was... Um, earth-shattering at the time. Um, other than that, Avant was known as a, a great business leader, a deal maker. Um, he uh, he bought two radio stations. 
He his passion for business and music. So he really kind of blended them. It kind of makes me think of Jay-Z, how, you know, Jay-Z is kind of mixing that business and music. Um, he also worked with notable African-American investors for a $20 million partnership for um, uh, in South Africa for a beverage company. And then after that, they partnered with uh, Pepsi Cola to even make more money in South Africa. Um, along with this event, along with Quincy Jones, received the Thurgood Marshall Lifetime Achievement Award. He was also awarded an honorary doctorate from Morehouse College. He received multiple awards. He was also inducted into the NAACP Hall of Fame. And he became known as the godfather in the music business because of his willingness to aid newcomers into the industry. So, um, you know, of course he passed away um, a couple of days ago. So, you know, um, I just wanted to provide this because I know I was not as familiar and I'll probably go back and watch the Netflix documentary. Dave, so what, um, how, how are you familiar with Clarence Avant? Well, you know, it's funny. I remember hearing Clarence Avant on a couple different occasions, but just didn't realize how big he was. Um, he was um, in the background when uh, um, Puffy and um, Andre Harrell and them started Uptown Records. He was part of that. You know, he was in the background with that. He also uh, managed some acts. You know, we talk about all the black people that he, you know, and things that he did. But, you know, he managed a lot of white acts, too. You know, he, he managed, like, Kenny Rogers and a couple of other people. And I was like, this dude, man, <laughs> this dude was everywhere, man. And I was like, it wasn't, and, and I have to admit, it, was, it didn't hit me how great this dude was until the documentary came about. Yeah. And somebody yeah. told me about the documentary. And I remember going by it a few times. And because I thought when I saw The Godfather, of course, you know, there's a couple of things that pop in your head when you see The Godfather. You know, James Brown was always called The Godfather. And then, you know, it came out right around the time that the Godfather of Harlem was on and all of this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So I was like, well, who? And then I said, oh, fine. I said, well, why they call him the Godfather? And then I watched it and I said, oh, okay, I get it now. You know, so he was a very interesting man. And for all that he accomplished, you know, only seemed like a lot of the insiders knew who he was, you know. Right. But if you remember in the documentary, he he kind of stated that he mind he didn't mind being undercover like that. He he liked being in the background, you know, mm -hmm. and um, you know he said that he was able to accomplish more things because a lot of people didn't know it was him right. doing them, you know. So my hats off to him. I'm glad that you brought this article up because it was also something I thought about talking about earlier today, too. Um, but he was a great man. Um, he did a lot of things for a lot of great uh, people that we all know about. I mean, I was looking at uh, something in there. You know, he helped Michael Jackson promote that first tour that he did. And it said the tour made 
at the time a record one hundred and twenty five million dollars. Oh, wow. Well, Beyonce and, and, and Taylor Swift are doing that in one night, you know, <laughs> you know, so I mean, but, you know, it, it's just interesting. But back then, one hundred and twenty five million dollars, nobody was doing that at that time. Not like Michael, you know, so. Um, and here's this guy in the background and nobody knew, you know, he was doing it, you know, um, Quincy. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago hearing Quincy talking about him. He said, he said, he said, y'all always say I'm the man. He said, no, Clarence is the man, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so, um, so much respect. What a wonderful life. And thank you for being who you were, um, for us and for many other people, you know? So, you know, well done. Well done. So, all right, Dave. Uh, next, uh, we go from great praise to <laughs> interesting praise. <laughs> you know, so we we haven't had a church story in a while. You know, we were on a little roll there with some church stories for a moment, so we haven't had a church story in a while. So I figured I'd bring this up. So, first lady. Loretta Jones attacked in the sanctuary at Gardenia Church. Um, it says, she gave my daughter cancer. <laughs> so it says here that uh, First Lady Loretta Jones was attacked Sunday in the sanctuary of Gardenia Church based in the city of refuge after morning service. Jones, who is the wife of Bishop Noel Jones, Noel Jones, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him, right? Yes. He's Grace Jones' brother um, as well. Uh, he uh, was punched in the face and knocked unconscious uh, <laughs> by a random woman in an apparent unprovoked attack. Now, according to one witness, the woman walked up to the first lady and this cold cocked her. Security was able to detain the unnamed woman, and she was escorted out of the sanctuary. She yelled, I did it because she gave my daughter cancer. Okay. The first lady was apparently transported by ambulance to a local hospital for treatment, where at that time her status had remained unknown. The woman, <laughs> I love this, the woman was a big lady, too. <laughs> you know that the one, the one who cold cocked the, the one who cold cocked her. So they said she was a big lady, so she hit her pretty good. And it was crazy, said an eyewitness to um, the incident. There was a whole crowd of people near the altar, and I believe Bishop had gone to change his clothes. I couldn't make out what the women were hollering and yelling at. The woman was hollering and yelling as she hit the first lady. The witness continued. Some of the members appeared to be shocked, and then you saw the surge of people and people shouting, no, 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 as security then grabbed the woman and took her into custody. It says this is a sad day for a church, no matter the reason that this has allegedly happened. Now, after all this, they say allegedly happened. It happened. <laughs> I mean, they know allegedly about it. I pray, I pray her health. I pray her health 
and full recovery. So, I mean, you know, you and I have done a lot of stories about church stuff, you know, and um, things have gotten kind of out of hand when it comes to church and state and all of that stuff. Um, it's really interesting that something like this can happen where somebody just walks up to either a pastor or or the first lady and just punch him in the face like that. Right. And hit them hard enough that they get knocked unconscious. I mean, where are we? What, what has the world come to? And to say, and they don't really say too much about why she's saying this, but saying that she gave her cancer, gave her daughter cancer. So yeah. they never did explain what that was. Right. I can't even imagine what it could have been uh, that she would have thought that unless there was some type of treatment or some type of thing she allegedly recommended to the woman and her daughter to try and then cancer happened, you know? But I can't even imagine. So they haven't really explained why she said that. Um, and I guess they're still doing an investigation over it. But it's just interesting that uh, something like this could have happened. Yeah, What's your Yep, I, I definitely agree. You know, I think when I heard when I first heard you say she gave my daughter cancer, the first thing that popped into my mind is that she's crazy. Because, you know, well, under normal circumstances, oh, yeah. can't can't nobody give nobody else cancer, or especially not immediately. So that was right. the first thing that came to my mind. And then second was kind of what you said, where okay, maybe, you know, maybe the pastor said like they were going to pray away the cancer and the cancer came back or, you know, you know, something that had to do with, you know, praying or, you know, healing or something like that. Or, or maybe she recommended some, uh, maybe herbal, I mean, you know, natural remedies or something like that, you know, that might help with whatever was going on with the daughter at the time, whatever. But even still, no way she could have, physically made her get cancer. Right, right. And then I think about the last thing I was thinking, I feel like if you catch anybody by surprise, you can probably knock anybody out if, if, if you know, if they're not ready for a hit. And 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 that hit lands correctly. Yeah. I Look, I was on a basketball court uh, two times that I've seen that happen where somebody just went up to somebody and caught them without them even thinking a punch was going to come their way and knock them straight out. I mean, you know, because when you're not expecting it and you get hit right, you're right. gone. I mean, you're gone. If you, and, and I saw that happen on, on the basketball court two times. And, uh, you know, you know, you talking about feeling bad for somebody or whatever the case may be. Because nobody wants to get cold cocked like that. Nobody wants to get hit and you not see it coming. Right. No, because right. that could be so much. Think about it. The damage that can come from that, from the hit itself, then you hitting the floor. 
not knowing how you're going to land, that could be real crazy. Yeah. You know, and especially nowadays, you know, we talk about concussions all the time. You know, uh, you ever had a concussion before? I have. Do you, do, did you see stars? Um, I woke up and everybody was looking at me. I, um, okay. I was um, at summer camp. I was on a tire swing and I guess I slipped off and fell. And I don't necessarily, I remember the act of slipping. And then I remember opening my eyes when I was on the ground. I had to go to the hospital, all that stuff. So. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think back, I was in high school um, in a gym class. And we actually were playing basketball in gym class. And me and this guy were going after a loose basketball. I actually, he he didn't see me. I didn't see him. We just saw the ball. We both were going for the ball. Got to the ball at the same time. Unfortunately, our heads got to each other at the same time. And I just remember going one way. He went the other way. And, you know, I, I... for the first time and only time in my life that I ever remember, I saw stars and I didn't go out. I didn't go all the way out, but I was close because I just remember seeing the white spots, you know, and that was, that's when I was told they said, you know, cause you always heard that term, you know, I always heard that term before about seeing stars, but that's when I was told cause I'm, I was taken to a doctor, you know, to get checked out. They said, you saw, I said, I just remember seeing these spots in front of me. They said, oh, that was stars. You saw stars. Right. You know, yeah. But, um, and they said that, you know, and I think back to it, I might have had a slight concussion at the time, too. So, you know, so I just remember we hit each other hard, too, man. It was crazy. So, but, well, hopefully we'll, there'll be some more about this story, um, about why she, the woman hit her and why they said, she said what she said, um, about the cancer thing. That would be interesting to find out what her, excuse me, where her angle was in saying that because, uh, apparently she was serious enough or, and you know, of course the flip side could be she was crazy enough to hit, right. hit the first lady. You know, so, all right. So, you know, hopefully the first lady will be all right. Okay, let's go on to our next story. Yep, so Dave, our next story, and this is something that kind of caught me by a shocker too. So um, the title is Harlem's newest affordable housing costs $2,300 per month and requires a minimum income of $80,000. And that doesn't include any bedroom. So basically, you're paying $23,000 a month for a studio apartment with no bedrooms, and you're required to make $80,000 a year, which just sounds ironic considering, you know, so I I guess the biggest question now is what is affordable now? Well, that must be New York affordable. Oh, maybe. But, you you know, it's funny because people all over have been talking about about how they just labeled this affordable, which, you know, maybe New York it is. Now, Dave, this right here is the kicker. If you wanted to split that apartment, how much do you think you would each have to pay? Um, well, 
you you eat in order to keep the lights on and everything like that, you got to pay at least fourteen hundred dollars. Right. So for people who um for couples who want to split that apartment, you would think you would just need a minimum income of eighty and um, twenty three hundred dollars a month. They're requiring couples must earn a collective of almost $150,000 a year to stay in that studio apartment paying $2,300 a month. So it's almost saying each person needs to make about $73,000 a year collectively, I'm sorry, not individually, in order to do it. Um, on top of that, Dave, um, you pay your own electric, if you ref if you don't pay your own electric, they don't put a stove in your unit. <laughs> now, okay, now um, everything is not all bad, so it does include a dishwasher. The building has a gym, a rooftop terrace, a virtual doorman. I don't know what that means. I guess it's like an electric. You know, probably they probably have like a ring camera that monitors the door and unlocks and locks. They have laundry and they have bike storage. So um, I just brought this article out because I feel like, you know, what people are calling affordable ain't really affordable to everybody. So. Yeah, that, that, that's crazy. Uh, but I wonder, I wonder how many of those units are rented. I mean, yeah, you know, um, there's a new complex um, in Newark here over by my job in College Square um, shopping center over there that just went up last year. And the starting, starting price for one bedroom is 21 to $2,300 oh, wow. for one bedroom, right? And so, you know, we heard that and we were like, wow, that's crazy. And, of course, you know, a lot of it has to do with the market today. And, of course, um, the biggest beneficiary of the housing boom or, you know, over the last few years or whatever, it's been people that rent out property. And, of course, you know about this yourself. Right. Who rent out property who, because now they're they're getting, you know, they can get pretty much anything they ask for nowadays, you know, as far as rent is concerned, because for those, especially those people who can't buy houses, you know, they pay the rent. Leonard, every one of those units, just uh, from what I understand, has been rented over there at, um, in, in that new complex, starting at twenty one, twenty three. Thousand dollars. Now, now, let me ask this: Since it is close to University of Delaware, do you believe a majority is college students, or do you believe a minority is college students? I think there's a minority. I'm sure there's some in there, you know, because there are all those. It's always been those apartment complexes and so forth around there. Always have some college students in them, but, um, but no, I just think that that majority, I think a majority of them are people who just needed a place to live. Right. And, and just renting the places. I mean, you know, they're luxury apartments and they're supposed to be really, really nice, but, you know, <laughs> they're not condos, they're apartments. Yeah. Now, the, you know? the, one, the one thing I do like about them is, I mean, besides them being brand new, is 
you are an immediate walking distance to everything you you know most everything you need because right in that shopping center so i, yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah. think it's very convenient especially and you know dave i think there's a, a new trend and 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 uh audience i'm trying to get dave to come over to the dark side there's no a more. new there's a new trend of work from home you know people who you know um you know, like, you know, that that market is ever increasing. And, you know, I think that area would be great for those work at home people who may not need a vehicle. You know, they, they got the supermarket. Cause, yeah, that supermarket's still over there, right? Yeah, you got to ask me. You got a lot of stuff over there now. They, and they're adding they're adding new places over there. So yeah. they can put a couple of restaurants over there. You got to ask me. I mean, there's there's a there's a nail salon over there. I mean, they got a little bit of everything over there. Yeah, so, I mean, I I can definitely see why that one would fill up. I know I, I would have thought it would have had more college students, but I, I understand working adults, too. Yeah, it's, it's, I, you know, and I didn't realize it until, I didn't realize it until about two weeks ago, and I went over there, and I was over there getting a, I stopped by that Bonchon Chicken um, place over there to get some chicken. And I just happened to look over there, and I just said, oh, my God, those places are full over there. And I was talking to a friend of mine who knows one of the, um, one of the leasing agents over there, and he, and he told me. He said, yeah. He said, almost every one of those places is running. You know, so I was like, wow, that's crazy. So they told me I add in a few more. Okay. Well, well, you know what? If all of them are full, I, I'll, I'll try to add some more too. Yeah, uh, the guy, uh, you know, who Frank Caterno is the, you know, the developer real realtor. I'm um, sorry, uh, he used to own that. Well, he owned that property that the Christiana Mall was built on, and all that stuff. Yeah, he, he and the old um, up there in Wilmington where Gold's Gym was up there in Wilmington that shopping. Yeah. Center up there, you know, and all of that. His son is run goals, Jim. Matter of fact, so. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah. Ooh, New York, New York. I mean, come. On. That's a lot of money, though, Leonard. That's a lot of money up there, man. And and I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's people living in that building and just living, you know, doing their thing. I'm sure. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Go ahead with your affordable housing. Okay. Uh -huh. You know, well, moving on. Uh, I thought this was an interesting story. Um, a lot of people are probably familiar with this story um, because of a movie that came out uh, back in 2009 called um, The Blind Side. Did Did you ever see that? The Blind uh -huh. Side. No, I have not, but I, I, I know oh, you, you're familiar with the story. Okay, yeah, all right. So uh, this this is entitled uh, NFL Baller and the Blindside Subject. Mr. Michael Orr says, white family tricked him into conservatorship to make millions. So it, I'm going to read a little bit. It says, do you remember the movie The Blind Side starring uh, Sandra, uh, Sandra Bullock? The 2009 movie was written about a downtrodden black youth named Michael Orr who was adopted by a white family called the Tuies so that they could 
so he could have a stable place to live while he worked towards his dream of becoming a professional NFL player. In 2009, Orr became the first-round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens, the second runner-up to the, for the rookie year, and signed a five-year contract worth $13.8 million at that time. Then you fast forward to the present day when an ESPN report reveals that Michael allegedly learned that Sean and Lee and Tui had deceived him that they um, their deception has cost them millions of dollars. Or filed a court petition in Tennessee today alleging that the Tuis tricked him into signing a conservatorship contract as opposed to official adoption papers. In his best-selling 2001 memoir, I Beat the Odds, or wrote the following. They explained to me that it was me. It means pretty much the exact same thing as adopted parents, but that the laws were just written in a way that took my age into account. Um, he also says, uh, they also say, the lie of Michael's adoption is one upon co-conservators Leanne and Leanne Tui and Sean Tui have enriched themselves at the expense of their award. The undersigned Michael Orr, the legal filing says, Michael Orr discovers his this lie, discovered this lie to his chagrin and embarrassment in February of this year when he learned that the conservatorship to which he consented on the basis that doing so would make him a member of the Toy family, in fact, providing him no familial um, relationship with the Toys. ESPN adds that the petition further alleges that the Toys use shady um, practices to line their pockets and leave him in the dark. The petition says the family used their powers as conservators um, to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from an Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million, while Orr got nothing for a story that would not have existed without him. Now, this may sound a little familiar to a lot of people when you start hearing about conservatorship and all of that kind of stuff, because, of course, uh, Britney Spears went through a, a whole bunch of stuff with her conservatorship. And so that word has become pretty popular, especially over the last five years. So um, if you saw the movie, um, you would have saw the movie and um in a way where you see this young man who had been taken in by these people and they played Michael Orr in the movie as being a little slow, a little timid. You know, he's sort of like a big kid and so forth and they you know, that they had to cultivate him and everything. His mother was on drugs. You know, he just had a tough un uh upbringing according to the movie. Well, this was so far from the truth. A lot of the stuff in the movie was sensationalized. He was not slow. He was a very smart kid. And he was already, you know, ready to play pro football. You know, they tried to take credit for developing his skills and all that stuff. The boy was already good. They uh, They really took advantage of him. 
And I've always heard this in the background. I remember after the movie came out and won, you know, uh, Sandra Bullock won uh, won the award, uh, Academy Award from the movie. Um, they always said that the story wasn't the truth and that, you know, that they exploited him and that they used him. It's really a shame that they made all of this money. I think there, um, there was even a, a story that came out that said there was some type of contract signed where they would split a certain amount of money um, um, that was made from royalties or whatever, where each person got the same amount. It was supposed to be millions of dollars. Well, Michael Orr got like $14,000, and that was it. Yeah, this movie made over three hundred million dollars. You know, so um, it's really crazy. Um, I know he really doesn't really have uh, the same course, the same connection with the family as he used to have, and I hope he gets the money. You know that he deserves. I mean, you know, apparently he was taken advantage of. And to sign paperwork thinking that you're being adopted to find out that they tricked him, that's, you know, so uncool. And just, you know, when you look at all the money that they have allegedly made over the years, you know, not only from the movie, but, you know, there were books written. They've made appearances, you know, because of the show, I mean, because of the movie and gotten paid for it they've made a lot of money over the years off of this and there and and michael orr wasn't really getting he wasn't really getting anything from from the movie even though the movie was about him thank god he was playing football and making money on that side but um his football career is over now and i'm sure he's looking to try to get some of that money back so what is, what's your thoughts on this whole thing um so you know, of course, with Justin, I had to Google conservatorship because I was curious how long it lasted. And um, I see right here it says the conservatorship is a long-term commitment. It lasts for the rest of that person's life unless the court appoints someone else to take that person's place. So I'm like, damn. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for them to do a conservatorship at such a young age, you know, really sounds like they were really taking advantage of them. Um, but with that said, I am curious what the um, the family point side of it is. You know, I'm curious what they have to say. And I'm curious why, and um, I may have misheard or not heard, why is he coming out now? Is he coming out now just because, you know, money's running out? Or is he coming out now because, you know, Um, a lot of it is because, of course, you know, he's retired and of course, you know, he's, he's looking at everything right now, but I think he started looking at, because, you know, he wrote, he came out because this happened in February when it came out that that was actually a conservatorship, um, as opposed to what he thought was an adoption thing. And he probably was looking at it to try to get out of it, you know, or to change some things about it and found out from his lawyer, hey, look, this is what you signed, and this is what they did. And, of course, 
I'm sure over the years, knowing that these people had made a lot of money based on his supposedly his life story, um, I'm sure that he's probably was thinking to himself and his lawyer probably got in his head, hey, look, we need to start looking at some legal stuff. You know right. what I mean? So it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, he was a hell of a player. Um, I just remember there was an interview that I talked to him about the movie. They tried to talk to him about the family, and he would not talk about it. And he just said, don't believe everything you see. Right. And towards the end of his career, he was a very bitter guy because, you know, he got he got so tired hearing about the movie. And, one, you know, he wouldn't talk about how, uh, I don't know if it was something that was written in the contract or whatever, where he could not defend himself as be, not being the character that they portrayed him to be in the movie. But he just would not talk, you know, anytime anybody tried to get him to talk about the movie and what he, how he was depicted in the movie, he didn't want to talk about it. Right. So it's really a shame. I mean, you know, here's another. Well, hey, hey Dave, um, remind me in case I missed it. How old was he when he signed that um, paperwork? Well, he was uh, around 21, 22. Okay. Yes, I mean they. Uh, well, no. They, well, the original, the original paperwork, he was still in high school. Okay. So I was just wondering if there are any legal loopholes. If maybe he wasn't eighteen, maybe you know what I mean, like. Oh no, he was a teenager, and then uh, I think all of that happened before he went to college. Okay. And yeah, because um, they adopted him before he went to college, because I know they had to get his mother's approval and all this stuff. Well, according to what went on in the movie, you know. But the mother was uh, on drugs. Well, mm. we don't even know how true that might have been. Because right. he, he keeps saying the way they, you know, they tried to say that he grew up, he was on the streets and all this kind of stuff. He said that none, none of that ever happened. It was Hollywood just trying to beef up the story just so that people would watch the movie. Gotcha. And people did watch the movie. I mean, they made over $300 million. Hollywood, I'm telling you, we talked about this before. Hollywood knows how to build how to build it up and how to sell a movie. You know, especially when it comes to true stories, you know. They know there's something different that you have to do. I mean you know, the Ten Commandments, um, American gangster. I mean, some of the most the biggest films that have ever been out there, half of it's true. Yeah. If if half, if half. Yeah, because, you know, they, I, I think we always fall for the based on a true story, but that don't mean it's yeah. 100% true. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's based on a true story. Some of the, some of the things are, are, some of these are, uh, the movie, this movie is based on true events that happened. You know, you'll see that, you know, that type of thing, you know. So, but, you know, hopefully, uh, he gets his day in court, and he's able to recoup some of that money. So it's really a shame. I watched him in, um, doing his book. <laughs> he was really uh, a great player. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, 
That brings us to Leonard's favorite part here, Dave's <laughs> Corner. <laughs> He's so happy, folks, to hear him laughing and everything. He's so happy that we got to this point. So I, I, I think I came up with a really interesting, and it's funny because we just did the story that we just did. So I think I came up with a really interesting question today. And this question is, what if you could travel back in time and give one warning to any three individuals that you come up with? They could be famous, they could be friends, they could be family. And what I mean by warning, you know something happened. Mm-hmm. But if you had a chance to go to them and stop it from happening, who would be these people that you would go to and why? Well, for the, by the way, we have new listeners and everything. You know, Dave's Corner is, a you know, the part where we kind of do a lot of philosophical things and ask questions and so forth, uh, put Leonard on the spot, um, those type of things. So, um, so that's what we're doing right now. So Dave's Corner, that was our question for the day. Let's see what Leonard got to say. Oh, goodness. All right. So, Dave, you know, I always got to put myself first. So mm-hmm. the first person I'm going to warn is my damn self. Because <laughs> 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 no, uh, what, what does it say? You got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to warn myself around age 25. I'm going to warn myself around age 30. No, no, oh, 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 oh. no, 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 no. That's not how this question goes, Larry. You know better. What are you warning yourself about? So I think at the age of 25, I am going to warn myself not to come back to Delaware. Um, wow. I, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, go with my first and second choices of Atlanta which was um, prior to the, you know, the, the great migration of everybody wanting to go there or um, Orlando, Florida. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's hope people aren't listening to this show. Anyway, go ahead. All right. My second, and I mean, these, these are really, really hard because, you know, I mean, there's not many things I would have warned people about. Um, mm, this is really hard, Dave. I know. That's, that's, I wanted. I wanted to challenge you on this one. Sure. Hmm. In fact, this, this may be too hard. Uh, who would I have warned? Like I said, well, celebrities. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I mean, even though maybe a little superficial, you know, I I think Biggie and Tupac, you know, I think they were great artists, and you know, just just the whole beef and you know how they both passed, of course. I was big into music. I remember the day I heard Tupac pass. I remember the day I heard Biggie pass. 
I would probably have warned them each um, about what about what was about to happen. Okay. All right. Now, what about you, Dave? So, if you could go back and. Uh, 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 wait, well, hold on. Wait, well, hold on. So, you oh, count okay. those. Hey, ah. All right. What's up? Okay. All right. You always, you always trying to get over all the time. All the time. So, okay. So, I'm going to let you slide. You can ask me a question, I answer. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, that, was, that was a little slick how you did that, though. So. Um, what about me? Um, so Dave, if you could go back in time and give one warning to any three individuals, who would they be and why? Um, I guess my first one would be, um, Martin Luther King. Yeah, he uh, he was fourth on my list. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, Martin Luther King. Um, on that that day in 1968, um, I would have definitely stopped him or tried to let him know. Don't do it. Don't 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 put yourself out like that. Um, yeah, that would have been that would have been something I would have definitely tried to do. I mean, you know, it kind of reminds me of the whole quantum leap show, you know, and and being able to leap back and be able to stop things from happening. Right. But that would definitely be my my first one. I'm going to go a little more recent. Um, <laughs> and that would have been, I would have been in the huddle doing last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have told Jalen, whatever you do, don't drop the football. <laughs> because. It's going to cause a big problem for us if you lose this football and they're going to score and it's just going to change the whole game. Jalen, don't lose the football. Don't fumble the football. That would have been my second thing. I would have definitely told him that. Uh, my third thing would have been um, talking to my mom about the uh, test they wanted her to do at the hospital. I probably would have talked her into going somewhere else. Like a second opinion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that the care, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shame anybody or talk bad about anything. I just feel that the care that she got during that last week of her life could have been better. And um, I definitely would have told her, hey, I know how this story is going to end. Let's do something different. Right. So 
even if it gave it gave a few more years as opposed to the time that we got, it would have made a big difference for me. So, um, so those would be my three things. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So all different ty- types of things, but uh, definitely three things that I would warn people about. You know. Especially being able to shut those cowboy fans up, uh, <laughs> with the, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, there you have it, folks. Um, that's this Tuesday show, news and trends for Dave and Len. I mean, I'm sure you people have your three things that you probably like to talk about. Let me hear them. You know, usually you send me your little notes about the show, so I'd like to hear about it. Um, see what you guys have to say about it. As we always thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the show, and uh, hopefully you like what you heard. Stick with us; you'll hear more good stuff as the future um, comes along. Anything you want to add before we sign off, sir? Yeah, Dave. You know, I just want to move my Steve Harvey moment. Today, today is a perfect day to start chasing your dreams. Um, there's nothing too big. You can always dream. You can dream often. You can dream big. Never think it's too late to follow your dreams. Oh, we got Larry Harvey over here. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. And Dave, you know, I think like with the passing of my father, you know, it's just one of the things where it's like. You know, there's so many things we want to do in our life. and We tell ourselves we can't. We limit ourselves. We tell us, you know, tell us ourselves there'll be time later. But, you know, later is not always promised. So if there's something you want to do, do it now. That's right. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, those are words that um, hopefully people, maybe many people, or if it's just one person that says, grabs onto what you just said and holds on to it and makes it work for them. So um just keep keep in mind we are have a good evening. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.